This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. Taking up our cross. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Mark 10, 21. When it comes to Holy Week, which is when I'm writing this and reading this, I tend to look long and hard at the verses that tell us to take up the cross. This week, it stops being metaphorical and has a gruesome, beautiful, real quality to it. This week, I've been giving some unexpected thought to this verse. As everyone probably recalls, this verse is from the account of the rich young ruler, who approached Jesus to ask how he, who has always obeyed the law, can have eternal life. I never would have considered it a controversial verse, but I think it probably is, because Jesus, in his love for the young man, tells him to give up everything, to give it all away to those in need, to take up the cross, to embrace suffering, punishment, trials, and pain, and follow Jesus. Now, I'm sure you've heard sermons on this verse. I'm sure you've talked about it in Bible studies. I know I have. We've talked about how Jesus was identifying the thing that the young man held as an idol, his wealth, and telling him to put it far from him, to actually obey the law that says to put nothing before God instead of just claiming to. We've talked about how Jesus certainly isn't telling everyone in the world to sell all their earthly possessions, which is true. He isn't. He would only have to tell us that if we valued our earthly possessions above our heavenly ones. But one year, when we were talking about this, I went home asking myself, what would I do if Jesus did ask me to give it all up? My house, my cars, my books, my comfortable life? Could I? I mean, we're all quick to say, oh, of course, but I was not going to accept a trite answer from myself because I know myself too well. So I examined my heart, and I really wasn't sure. I wasn't sure I could walk away from it all, if he asked, but I knew that wasn't how I wanted my heart to be. So I prayed that day, Lord, change my heart. There were no epiphanies in the following months, no tests, there was no anything. But a few months later, I asked myself that question again, and I realized there was no longer any hesitation. I quite simply no longer loved the idea of a comfortable house and a comfortable life as much as I love the idea of doing absolutely whatever God asks me to do. If he asks me to give it up, I will. It's a strange idea to people today, though, isn't it? We are, above all, a society that craves security. We want to know our job is going to be there, that there's going to be a paycheck every week, that our insurance will cover our bills, that the car will start up every morning, that we'll have a nest egg to retire on. But I realized at one point that for most of my adult life, I have not had any of those things. I mean, I'm a freelancer, a freelance writer, editor, designer. Frankly, I never know if or when or how the next contract is going to come. My husband, for most of our married life, has worked for a family business in an industry that is unstable, to say the least. We had no insurance for quite a long time, and of course, once certain acts were passed, my premiums tripled. 
So at one point when I was talking to my parents, they mentioned how if it came down to it, my husband could get a good job with good pay and benefits and have security. And I realized I didn't want that. I don't want to be tied to so-called security. I don't want to give up my dreams. And worse, give up my ability to say, yes, Lord, here I am, because I'm too afraid to give up my things. I don't want to turn into the rich young ruler. Security, while something we all crave, is an illusion. Things can change at any time. The rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Fortunes disappear. Economies fail. Businesses go bankrupt. Our only security in this world is him. The sure knowledge that God can make less enough. Our only security is knowing that we will suffer. We will know pain, heartache, loss, persecution, death and taxes, as the old saying goes, right? Those are sure, guaranteed. Our security is knowing that when those times come, we have a Savior who has suffered more and who understands, who lost it all but did it anyway, who had no place to rest his head and yet had all the grandeur of heaven. He had no insurance, but he could heal through the power of the Spirit. Our security is him, not the things of this world. The things of this world are what made men shout, Crucify him! and nail his hands to a cross. I'm going to nail those things to the cross instead. I say, all I am, all I have, is his. I want to obey the call of the Lord. I want to take up the cross Right now, that means obeying the call he put on me to homeschool, write, edit, design, serve my church. But tomorrow, that could all change. And if it does, I pray I'm not going to hesitate over things. I pray I'm going to follow Jesus out onto the water, to the mouth of the cave, into the mob, to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. I've spent years trying to fully understand it, and I dare say I'll spend many years more doing the same. Because the more I see, the more I realize it's so far beyond anything I can comprehend. But I thank you for it. I praise you for it. And I will work diligently to keep my heart open to it, rather than cluttered up with the things of this world. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books, and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Tees and Totes, bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteesandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv podcast for other shows I know you'll love.